Well, welcome back to another edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I am Pastor Scott, and I am joined today by our Associate Pastor of Care and Discipleship, Josh Gerber. And we are here to uh, kind of break down this past Sunday's sermon, uh, really part two in many ways of the section on spiritual warfare. So uh, just a reminder from a big scope. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 is kind of the section at play here. Um, but Josh, you were able to cover for us verses 14 to 17, which is arguably one of the more common known passages in the Bible because of its uh, uh, very vivid imagery with the armor of God. So um, thank you for your, your ministry on Sunday, stepping in to, uh, to preach for us. Maybe it would be helpful again to just rehash for us um, what exactly is the armor of God, um, and maybe just help us clarify maybe some of our maybe misunderstandings of what we've grown up maybe thinking the armor is. That's a great question, Scott. Uh, so when I grew up, and I think many people would have the same viewpoint, it almost came across like the armor of God was more you needed to do so it was be more righteous, be more truthful, um, be more faithful, all of those things. And there wasn't a clear connection between how that exactly fit in with Jesus and his work. Mm. And so um, I don't think it was intentional, but it was easy to have this view in our mind that, okay, I need Jesus in my life, plus I need these other things. And um, we could almost go about those other things like being more righteous or being more truthful um, using the sword of the spirit in our own strength and not really understanding how that fits in with Christ. Right. So as we view the armor, um, Paul uses a metaphor and he's uses a lot of metaphors in Ephesians. Um, and so a, a metaphor is just a, a way of helping people see something. So see a visual image and connecting that to the truths that he's making. So he uses the metaphor of armor uh, but throughout Ephesians, he's been talking about putting on Christ, and this metaphor of the armor gives people a, maybe a more clear understanding of that imagery right there. So what exactly does that mean then? Well, I would say it means that, one, we can't fight the spiritual battle, the spiritual war on our own strength. Um, so as we look at this, we're looking at Jesus has already won the victory for us. There's things that Jesus has already done for us. And the Bible is much more than just WWJD, what would Jesus do? And so that's not what Paul's saying in Ephesians 6 here, WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do? Jesus would, would wear the belt of truth, so you should wear the belt of truth. He would, uh, you know, have shoes for the preparation of the gospel, so you should do that. Um, He's, he's saying Jesus has done those things because we were not able to. Yeah. We were not faithful in that, and, and that's good news for us. Uh, so putting on Christ means it's really another way of saying that we're growing in our awareness of God working in us and what God has done for us. Mm -hmm. And it really ties into your second um, question, that second thing is how's this all fit together with our role and God's role. And so I think a lot of the wrong maybe thoughts would be, well, I contribute 
1% and God contributes 99% or I do half and God does the other half. It's more like I'm working because God is working in me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not coming at it with a 50-50 kind of a thing. The reason we can live out the armor is because of God working in us. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful then. So that then maybe opens up a, a question, right, about, you know, so if it's if it's God's armor or if it's Christ's armor, right, so it's our union with Christ that kind of, you know, uh, allows us to have access to all these different pieces which really are are kind of a a collective whole we could say um you know paul is very clear in this section he's saying like stand right he's saying there's a, a responsibility on the part of the believer so how do we balance uh those two realities right when we recognize we can't stand on our own right we 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 this this battle and this fight we can't do in our own strength and yet we're still being called to do so uh to to fight right or to stand at least so how do we balance those two things a man's uh responsibility and uh, man's inability to hide, I suppose you could say. That's a great question. So for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to give you exactly what that means. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's um, one, of those, one of those doctrines in the Bible that we call a paradox. And a paradox is not a contradiction. A contradiction would be um, a square circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That's a contradiction. But a paradox is something that we can't necessarily fully understand but we know it's still true Mm -hmm. and so we don't fully have all the information in our finite minds about how both of these things can be true but the bible presents them both as true um so it's it's god working in us god god doing what we could not do that's totally true and then there's the other part of it where we're called to live those truths out so um, when when Paul says stand, he's giving a command. So mm-hmm. Jesus isn't going to stand for us. Um, mm-hmm. He won't obey for us. We have to obey, but we're obeying by His power in us. Mm-hmm. And and it is very. Um, some of you may be disappointed because I'm just not going to be able to give you <laughs> <laughs> the exact answer. Um, I think it's a lot like uh, taking your kids to the zoo when they're young, and they have certain categories for the animals. Um, maybe they know the African animals and the, um, I don't know, the water animals. And, uh, and, and, and then, then it's like you have this other category that they haven't even considered before. Maybe the Asian animals, for example. And their minds are just blown because they never knew that category was there, mm-hmm. even though it has already been there. And I think in a lot of ways it's like that with, uh, with our Christian walk is we quickly hit this glass ceiling and we realize that, we just we just don't know we just can't can't go any further mm-hmm. yeah we hold those two things in balance for sure and i mean there's a yeah it's it's kind of a it's a nice thing that scripture actually affords us because it uh in many ways uh it keeps us from falling into the two ditches right it's uh you know i like to think of the, the bowling alley and mm-hmm. analogy right so if you don't play bowling with uh bumpers right that are put up you you have two different gutters that you can fall into and the gutter on the one side uh would be kind of this complete uh self-reliance right like i'm gonna everything is my my own power my own will like this is this is my fight to win scripture does not communicate it that way right like that that is completely 
uh, operating outside dependence upon God, and honestly, we will fail in that because we're not fighting in the strength of the Lord. The other ditch there, if you know, one is uh, complete self-reliance, the other is uh, complete surrender, right? Where we say we're just going to sit back and this is God's fight to win, and uh, I don't do anything, um, and that would be a uh, that would be a, a mistake as well. So we very much hold the the balance there for for what Scripture says. In many ways, it's the what the Philippians two mindset, right, where it says. Uh, where he calls for you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to act for his good pleasure. So which is it? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. It is both, right? So there is a there's very much a, a tension that's held there, and that doesn't, as you said, uh, create a contradiction with God. Um, in many ways, that continues to reveal the infinite wisdom of God that is far beyond anything that man can uh can comprehend so uh one of the the comments that you made at the beginning of your sermon one of your first points was just talking about how um the best preparation starts before the battle and not in the heat of it so uh that was really uh that was that was one of the points that i I remember just really sticking out from the whole sermon so uh what does that actually look like for the christian life then what does it look like to prepare for the battle before being kind of caught in the midst of it we're we're always going to have some level of warfare that's going on but how do we um, prepare for the fight rather than just being caught off guard completely that's a great question so in world war ii there's a story of a american general i think it's the man named rummel and um he uh was fighting against a german general who had written a book on warfare and so this american general read the book and knew the plays that this German general had, had written about. And it's the story, as the story goes, um, of course, uh, that's what the German general does, follows his own plays. And by knowing the book, the Americans win. And as the story goes, the general shouts out, I read your book. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we have maybe the, uh, God has given us some help in, in the fact that we can look back over scripture and see how Satan's strategies and tactics play out. Mm. And um, Satan, you know, he doesn't have to come up with something new every day. He can tweak and adjust things, but but use the same old strategies. Mm -hmm. And so I do think preparation is really important. Um, So one of the things that, that I mentioned there was filling your mind with the majesty and the beauty of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more we can practice that, um, the less room there is for wrong thinking, um, bad thoughts, uh, you know, just different temptations to come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know in a conversation we had the other day, Scott, you had mentioned some fighter verses. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very helpful if you'd mind sharing that, because I think that that's a great way to actually do that, to prepare for battle is to have verses mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that wasn't necessarily... When I... Uh, this year I decided to do something different rather than having a Bible reading plan, which, you know, whenever you start to say that to people, people are like, oh, you don't have a Bible reading plan? And, you know, I've, I've had one for the last several years. I've gone through the Bible a couple of different times here and decided, you know what, this year I want to do something different and decided to use a uh, curriculum in place for memorizing scripture. I just know I need to give more time to just not 
reading a bunch of scripture, but really going deeper into set areas of it. And so really focusing in on key verses and found a curriculum place for a weekly memory verse plan. I can do that alongside my girls as they're doing Narawana verses, which is great. But um, the uh, but it is, yeah, they're, they're, they're called fighter verses. And uh, the, the reality is that many of the verses here are uh, geared in such a way to really help you in terms of your daily walk with Christ um, and really setting your mind on things that will help you whether it be fight temptation, whether it be fight discouragement, right? So uh, week one uh, was a very common verse, right? Joshua 1.9, where the, the Lord is commanding Joshua before he goes in to uh, lead the, the Israelites into the promised land. He says, have I, have I not commanded you, which he'd done, on, done so already, but he's reminding him again, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be uh, uh, frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And as you meditate on that verse, as you think about that verse, you realize how much power and effectiveness that has. And that's just one example of how God uses his word, right? The, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, this was very much uh, Jesus's own tactic, right? When uh, he, he battled the, the devil in the, the wilderness, um, and that's not a surprise because Satan, since the beginning of time, has used those tactics, right? Uh, he used them on Adam and Eve where he takes the word of God. He knows the word of God really well, um, but he likes to just twist it just enough so that it, it, it creates doubts in our mind. And so one of the ways that we combat that is with our own knowledge of God's word and using it uh, both uh, offensively and defensively for our own hearts and minds as well. Yeah. That's very helpful, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. I think of it, too, as like the analogy of maybe a car. If you're driving in a car and it breaks down, typically the breakdown didn't happen right then. It it took place a long time ago as <laughs> as things were wearing and just not, not going together right. Morning lights were coming on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so... Um, you know, kind of a, the same thing with our spiritual lives. If we take the foot off the gas, if we don't have the same fervency and urgency and mm -hmm. recognition, is your life going to fall apart that day? Well, probably not. For mm -hmm. most people, probably not. But if that continues in a pattern, um, it eventually will break down. And then you'll be wondering, well, what happened? What happened this week? What happened today? Well, it wasn't just that day or that week. It is a long pattern of... Mm -hmm. um, you know, a failure to be connected with God, to enjoy the Lord, to spend time with Him, all of those things. So I think the, the best preparation for battle is nothing secret. It's nothing magical. Mm -hmm. um, it's those, those basic things, uh, scripture intake, meditation, prayer, mm -hmm. communion with God's people, um, all of those ingredients right there. That's good. So yeah, that's uh, that's very helpful. Uh, you brought me back to one of your application points here, where you know when you think about uh, sin, you deal strongly with sin immediately, right? You don't uh, you don't play around with it. You don't just tolerate it. You 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 deal with it immediately, uh, rather than uh, letting it uh, have its course over time, right? So as you said, it's a slow working effect that um, it's harmful in the moment, but like it's not detrimental until you uh, neglect it long enough and then it, it really opens the doors for a lot of problems. So um, this has been a really good discussion. So this week uh, we're wrapping up this section.
uh, we're, we're into the final uh, straightaways here, basically, of uh, Ephesians. So uh, this week, any uh, just things to look forward to where we're going in the text for this coming week? What, what's going to be the focus as uh, Paul wraps up this section on standing in the strength of the Lord? So last week, you may have felt stretched in a number of different directions, and each one of those elements we could have spent a lot more time on, but this week will be a lot more focused. There'll be one main focus, and that's prayer. So Paul, ends, he ties this section of spiritual warfare into prayer right here, and so I'm excited to see how the Lord makes that connection. How does prayer fit into spiritual warfare? Yeah. It's exciting. It's uh, it's hard to believe that we're already getting ready to wrap up another series here, but uh, it's coming together. And very thankful, thankful for your ministry, and thanks for filling the pulpit these uh, two weeks here. And uh, church, thank you for your teachability week in week out. As always, if there's ever any questions or uh, follow-ups you have to the sermons or anything that we talk about here on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you to to be able to. Uh, process those things even more but uh, until next week I'm Pastor Scott and joined by Pastor Josh and we will see you again next week